listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Wednesday. The team back in L.A. after going 5-2 and two on their recent road trip. There was some people calling for Frank Vogel's head seriously after they lost to the Pistons, but they ended up bouncing back, beating the Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your fix. And of course, check us out on silverscreenandroll.com. Joining me this week, we used to be regular partners. Now, I don't know what he's been up to over there in Texas. Anthony Irwin. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Oh, you know, just just hopping off of the uh, the message boards and in the forums, uh, calling for Frank Vogel's head after the uh, <laughs> Detroit Pistons loss. That's Lakers Nation for you, though. I guess. You know I, mean? like, I was watching that game, and I'm like, it's fourth game in five nights. They're tired. They had no Anthony Davis. I'm like, and that was actually, you know, they played the Celtics on a second swing of four games in in five nights, and I'm like, or pardon me, three and four nights, and uh, I was like. Dude, this they're not no team's gonna go 72 and 0 or 82 and 0. Like this is basketball, dude. They're traveling. And when I saw that stuff, I was like, everybody just needs to to calm down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just that, you know, some habits were formed over the last seven years, not in not counting last year, right? Where where for seven of the last eight years, if the sky, if you if it started raining, it was a sign that the sky might actually be falling. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in seven out of those eight years, the sky did fall like the, 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 the season, you know, crash landed in a big way. And, and I think once uh, Lakers fans kind of saw that, you know, the, the, the a game losing a game to the Pistons like that was, oh, my God, we can't be going through that again. And, you know, to which, like you're saying that there was all kinds of circumstantial things there that let that that led to the outcome of that game. But for the most part a five and two road trip with a win uh, at Boston is, is about as successful a road trip as, as any team can possibly ask for heading into it. So yeah, overall did, did it suck to lose that game uh, at Detroit? Yeah. Did it, is there, are there questions about the rotations that uh, fans are going to have throughout the entirety of the year? Yeah. Uh, but are the Lakers still the best team in the NBA, in the NBA regardless? I would say, yeah, yeah, so here we are. yeah, 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 and and you're right, and it's you know the more I've watched them play, the 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 more you know the season has kind of wore on. Now we're 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 sitting at a point, you know, where basically every team has roughly played between twenty and and twenty five games. I mean, you've had some that had the game suspended because of the uh, coronavirus stuff and the health and safety protocols, but pretty much it's like at this point, yeah, this is the Lakers' title to lose, and and you know we and again, and I've said this before. Until we see the Clippers do it in the playoffs, nobody cares how good they look in the regular season. You know what I mean? Um, and that's been kind of the way it, it's going to be. And I'm, the more I'm watching it, I'm like looking at the Eastern Conference. You're like, okay, you know, if Brooklyn starts getting their their act together and, and you know, Philadelphia obviously is looking pretty good, um, those two teams maybe can compete. In Milwaukee, I'm waiting to see more from. Obviously, they had a ton of offseason changes. And then you look at the West, and it's like, sure, Utah, you could be 16-5. and five. We haven't seen you do anything in the, in the playoffs. And so it's like the Lakers are still the cream of the crop in the West, don't you think? Yeah, I, I cream of the crop in the, in, in the league, league, I in would the league, still yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just – look, when the Lakers, we kind of knew this going into the season, right? And we see this with not just the Lakers, but – every reigning champion the next season is not usually particularly fun it's uh, especially with with the lakers having just won their championship a few months ago it's still fresh in our memories that's why i think anthony davis 
has been so kind of frustrating, even while he's had a perfectly fine season. Uh, I was really surprised that that NBA math account uh, that puts out their their graphs of, you know, the, the type of season that that uh, players are have having based on different statistics and, and analytics and all that stuff. And the one that I was looking at, I believe, was box plus minus. And, you know, you had Jokic was way up there. LeBron was way up there. Luka was way up there. And an AD was is is having a perfectly respectable season by that metric, and and it really kind of surprised me how how good he looks by those numbers. While I have been kind of frustrated with his with his energy level, and I think a big part of that that is due to the fact that only three months ago we saw him make a legitimate case for being the best big in in the NBA right now uh, because of the way he played in the bubble. But, you know, you, you have to understand these people are human beings, their bodies, they get tired just the way the, the same way you and I do. Uh, they, they get, you know, well, Anthony, if they got tired the same way me and you do, they'd be tired 23 hours a day. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's right? fair. I eat like one extra taco and I'm like, all right. <laughs> but but like, you know, you, you, you watch these guys and, and of course that that Jared Dudley wrote it in his book that that bubble took an extra toll on everybody mentally. And it was a real struggle, I think, for for everybody uh, to stay focused enough to be successful by their, you know, by what they were hoping to get coming out of the bubble. And for the Lakers, it was kind of title or bust because of the way that they were playing heading into that situation. So it took all the more focus for them. So they come out of it. They come out of it with a championship, which is nice. But that doesn't really change the the emotional and physical toll that 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 situation put on everybody. And everybody started kind of slow. And, you know, AD, I think, caught the brunt of that for a lot of people uh, because LeBron was playing so well at the beginning of the year and he's like a decade older than than AD. And you're saying, well, why can't you just do what LeBron is doing? And and that's a that's an inherently ridiculous question to ask any human being not named LeBron. Why can't you just do what LeBron James is doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if if all of us could, we'd all be sitting there with you know a couple hundred <laughs> right. million dollars in our bank account. Right. And if if there was another LeBron James, and, and he, the, Le, the the LeBron that's currently on the Lakers roster wouldn't be as special as he is. And yeah. and it just you know it's it's very easy when you have situations that frustrate you to kind of harp on the negative, but the positive there is like holy crap, what LeBron is doing is legitimately special, and asking anybody to operate at that level, comparatively speaking, is ridiculous because LeBron is an android. Yeah, and he is. He's a freak of, of nature. And, and you can think of any any sort of you know word you want to use to describe uh, a unique case. And, and, and he's totally it. And I agree with you. I think AD, I mean, yeah, his numbers are a little bit down. But overall, you're not looking. And again, this is not a team that you're looking at saying come out and win. Um, you know, out of the 72 games, you, you, you want them to go 64 and eight or, you know, something crazy. It's like, no, mm -hmm. dude, even if they back into the playoffs, they still got two of the best five players in the NBA. You can argue about where they all slot in. Um, and, and when you look at it like that, as long as they're playing their best ball come April, May time, I don't think there's much to worry about. And I also think the schedule has, has, has played a role in it. You know, they, they've been, they started off at home. I think it was for, for four straight to start the season kind of, you know, they were sluggish coming out of the gate. They were two and two, and then they went on a road trip and then they, you know, they came back for two and they, they've been kind of going back and forth and not really getting 
an extended time at home. Now this run, they're going to come up uh, starting on Thursday against the Nuggets. They're going to be playing every two days. They're going to have some time to, to kind of get some relaxation in, and their schedule for the rest of February as we get into March. Like I said, they're not having to play three games and four nights anymore. So I think you'll start to see them. I don't, I, again, it's hard to turn a quarter when you're 16 and six, but I think you'll start to see them play a little bit better as time goes on. Uh, you did mention while you were talking there, Anthony, uh, Jared Dudley's book, and uh, we covered this on silverscreenandroll.com. Harrison wrote a couple of articles on about it. I uh, wanted to talk about the Clippers, because like we said, until they win in the playoffs or show that they're a real threat to be able to get to the championship series or the finals, we're not going to consider them a, a, a real threat to the Lakers. And Jared Dudley actually touched on this on his book, and you know he's talking about Paul George, and I'm going to read uh, an expert here is, is basically he goes – you know, talking about his experience in the bubble and what it was like, you know, just having the competition level, being around your opponents day in and day out. Um, this is what he said. He goes, we hear about some of those guys talking about how they're the team to beat in L.A. And he also referenced, you know, some of the billboards we were seeing like L.A., our city and, you know, as a team and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's fine if Kawhi says stuff like that. He's a defending champion. We don't trip if someone like Patrick Beverly is talking trash. That's how he feeds his family. We get it. We respect the hustle. And then he goes on to talk about Paul George. But we think it's disrespectful for Paul George, who hasn't won, to put himself on the level of Braun and AD. This motivates us. When we see those guys around the compound, we don't really kick it with them. The one exception, of course, is Markeith, whose twin brother Marcus is on the Clippers. That This probably keeps tensions from boiling over. So when you saw this and, and read about it, I just want to know, what was your first reaction? Were you like, damn, shots fired? Or were you like, yeah, you know what? JD's right. A uh, little bit of both, right? Like, I find it really interesting that so many players across the NBA feel comfortable going at Paul George the way that they will go at Paul George, right? Like, it's it's really fascinating. Somebody as talented as Paul George, because he's a legitimately good basketball player. Yes, he's insanely memeable, and he says all kinds of dumb stuff all the time that he winds up having to walk back and pretend like he didn't say the thing that he just said 15 minutes ago. That is is 100% true, and that's just kind of who Paul George is. But it's fascinating to me that, you know, across the league, you've seen Damian Lillard go at him. You've seen, you see uh, Jared Dudley going him at him the way he does right now. When Paul George hit the side of the backboard, he was uh, a joke across the league uh, at, at, in that Nugget series as well. And, and I, I find it really interesting that, so many players in the NBA are, are as comfortable as they are going at a legit star in Paul George. So that was like my first takeaway. But then the other one, I was kind of interested. I hopped on Twitter. I, so I recorded Locked on Lakers earlier today. And I, I, was, I think I was recording at the time when most of these quotes were really coming out. And I hopped on there and I, just, I, was, I was just kind of catching up to the reaction to it. And it was funny to see how annoyed people were with what Jared Dudley said when, when I don't really see what he said, that was all that ridiculous. Like, yes, the Clippers talked a bunch of shit. Yes. Paul George was, was one of the loudest among them. And then yes, Paul George was one of the loudest at failing when, when it came time to win that series against Denver. So of course he's going to get singled out in, in, in Jared Dudley's quote. Um, and, and the reaction to it now, I kind of get it because it's kind of complicated where it's like we respect Kawhi because he won a championship and he's at that level to where he could say whatever he wants. We also respect, however, Patrick Beverly, who is objectively way worse at basketball than Paul George 
Um, and, and he can say whatever he wants because that's apparently how he puts food on the table. But Paul George is like not good enough to talk trash, but uh, too good to talk, talk as much trash as he did. And maybe it's the fact that like he talked all that trash and didn't follow it up. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, but then you can't really say like in the moment, that's what was inspiring us because like Paul George did make it to a, a conference finals before, you know, he, he did or did he? I don't know if he made it to a conference final, but he definitely pushed the heat. I, I think he did with the with the Pacers. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. And and that and that Pacers team, like Roy Hibbert there and the verticality rule, had a chance at like it, it really frustrating LeBron and and those Miami that those Miami Heat teams for for that like one year stretch. So like we've seen Paul George have success in the postseason. We just haven't seen it since he came to the Western Conference. And so I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really sure how like, how he's trying to thread this needle through all these uh these these the, the type of standing that players have to have or not have to be able to talk trash that's where it was, it was kind of confusing but if you really kind of get down to the foundation and of of what he was saying it's it's really not that crazy of, of a quote no it, it's not and i actually have some shots thoughts on the paul george thing uh, let's do that i'll jump into that after a short break all right, and we're back. We're talking about the, the Paul George, uh, the quote from Jared Dudley's book, uh, talking about Paul George and how they, they took exception to him, basically feeling like he was on the level of, uh, or he's on the level, I would say, of, of Braun and AD and how they felt disrespected in the bubble. Um, like you were mentioning there, uh, Anthony, for me, it's here, here's the thing, and this is the way I, I found it is, with, with especially when it comes to basketball, right? You have dudes, it doesn't matter if you're playing in an in a intramural league, high school league, college league, you have dudes who you know are legit. They're the best players on the team, best players in the league. Those guys earn respect by winning championships, right? They earn respect by, by winning MVPs. They earn respect by showing. Paul George, yeah, he's made, he's made the conference finals. He hasn't done anything. And, and, and the, the fact is when we, when we saw when, the, when the, the stakes were at their highest, he choked against the, he choked against the uh, Nuggets last year. And obviously the, mm -hmm. the Jared Dudley's talking about this happening beforehand. So for me, it's like you don't poke the bears. You don't, you don't, you don't try and talk about guys like LeBron because you're going to end up in the, you know, we used to have this rule when we were younger. If we were playing in my club basketball team, if we knew we were playing uh, older, like, you know, this was when I was like 18, 19, and we're playing against 24, 25 year old men. And you knew there were certain guys who were really good. You're like, don't say anything to him on the court because you don't <laughs> want to get him going. That was just like, you know, if they're going to go off, let him go off. You can talk smack to some of the other guys and have some fun, but you don't want to get into it with that guy. Cause once you get him going, we're going to get killed. And I think that's what happens with Paul George. He moved to LA. He had this thing about him that, you know what? Now I'm playing with Kawhi. I'm going to get to show my stuff. I'm playing at home. And until you do it, you can't talk about it. And I think that's kind of the cardinal rule amongst basketball players that Paul George um, was overstepping the boundaries on, which is LeBron knocked you out of the playoffs with the Pacers, I think three years in a row. You haven't proved that you're able to do it and you're going to be able to get by him. Don't sit here and act like you're with a chip on your shoulder because you haven't done nothing yet. And had they had the Clippers somehow beat the Lakers last year and won a championship, he could have walked down Figueroa pumping his chest and you know what I mean, talking whatever he wanted because he did it. But the fact is, until you do have that opportunity to call yourself a champion, especially when you're looking at these NBA guys, uh, guys like LeBron and guys like who are play at that level, they're going to they're gonna take exception to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I guess. Like the other thing that needs to be pointed out here is that Paul George twice spurned LeBron, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure LeBron being the leader of this team, 
probably not the biggest Paul George fan, right? Yep. And I'm sure. So, like, I can understand from what Jared is saying, basically, like, you you don't get to put yourself up on the bronze level. AD, it's a little complicated, right? Because AD didn't do much winning before. Doesn't really. He doesn't have an MVP. You know, he's a super talented player, arguably the most talented player in the NBA. Uh, but but like in terms of resume, it's kind of hard to lump him in with LeBron. In, of course, in, yeah, like yeah. Paul George can't put himself on AD's level. Like I I would just kind of disagree with with so before. Now, now that AD has a championship, I would probably say like, yeah. And and given the way that AD played in those series, uh, I would say, yeah, Paul George doesn't get to put himself up in, in AD's class right now. But heading into the postseason, like I could, I, you know, I, if a Clippers fan got super angry at me for saying that, like, I would, I would probably just say like, whatever, you're not worth my time. But, the, <laughs> That's but like for, it, yeah. <laughs> for, for like LeBron though, of course he doesn't like Paul George. Like, of course, why would he like Paul George? Yeah, Paul George like didn't want to go to Cleveland and play with him uh, when 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 LeBron was trying to get that trade uh, done. When LeBron came to L.A., uh, Paul George could have signed with the Lakers, chose to stay in Oklahoma City, and and then again, you know, asked to be traded to the Clippers to help fortify their chances at landing Kawhi, which, which cost essentially LeBron Kawhi Leonard too. Of course, LeBron doesn't like that dude. Like it'd be weird if he did, it'd be a little weird if like after (laughs) all of that, he was like, Oh yeah, that's my guy over there. Of course not. And, and by the way, I like that we're getting some, some not passive aggressive stuff here. I like the fact that Jared Dudley like called out Paul George by name and said, no man, that, that dude doesn't get to talk right now. He, he, we thought it was stupid that he was talking in the first place. And then if he tries to talk again this season, he doesn't get to say anything. And I, I like the fact that like, it, there's nothing more annoying to me than this, like this weird pseudo rivalry that not just the Lakers and Clippers have, but also Lakers, Twitter and Clippers, Twitter, where they both swear up and down. No, we're not thinking about them. We're not thinking about them. And then anytime something bad happens or, or like they have an embarrassing loss or something like that, you know that they're laughing. You know that, you know, when if the Clippers, they're beating Cleveland, I think, right now. But if they were to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, I would laugh at them. I would hop on Twitter and I would <laughs> laugh at them. Just like if if the Lakers, when the Lakers lost to the Detroit Pistons, I'm sure there were Clippers fans who hopped on Twitter and laughed at the Lakers. And this idea that, like, we can't acknowledge the fact that we don't like the other fan base because it shows weakness and the fact that we're living, quote-unquote, rent-free in the other fan base. It's like, get the hell out of here. We don't like you. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Clippers. I don't I don't like the Clippers. I don't like cl- the Clippers fans. I think Clippers fans are only Clippers fans to be, you know, to, 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 to try to separate Contrary themselves from the Lakers fan base. Like, it, <laughs> there are very few people who actually like the Clippers as much as they just don't like the Lakers. And, and like, that's fine. You can, you can, I'm not telling you what to root for and why to root for or anything, but if I, as a Laker fan, if the only reason you're rooting for the team you're rooting for is because you hate everything about the team that I happen to like, I'm not going to like you. <laughs> that's how this thing is going to work. And that's a fair way. And you know what, that that's what sport, that's what makes sports great. You know, and that's what, that, yeah. that's what makes it fun. And that's why we all have these emotional attachments to teams and why we get into watching a game in the middle of December, even though we know it probably means nothing in the standings. We all want to sit there and watch our team win. And I, I'm with you. And I think there's a personal 
there's a personal, I mean, mind you, if we, if we broke it down in terms of just a County of Los Angeles of 10 million people, it would probably be nine point, uh, nine, seven, you know, 997,000 or 9.97 million, um, Lakers fans and like 3000 Clippers, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people here, it's just, that's a fact LA is always going to be a Lakers city, but to me, I think it comes with, and going back to what you're saying about AD and, and, and Paul George, like sure, Paul, Paul George and AD didn't have uh, the resume in terms of having MVPs and championship, but I guarantee you, if you ask 30 NBA GMs, even coming into last season, not this season, coming into last season, who would you rather have on your team, Paul George or Anthony Davis? I think all 30 of them are going to say Anthony Davis. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's yeah, what I'm absolutely. saying. Like Paul George is not, he wasn't an MVP level candidate yet. He's a, he's an all-star player. But he's not a he's not an MVP candidate, and I think that's where I, I think that's where he loses some of his message, and he loses some of his his um, clout is when he's talking like that. Is is like you know I, I we're gonna beat them. We're it's like no, you're not, dude. Until you prove it, don't talk about it. And I think that's been that was the issue with uh with with Paul George. Now I, I want to j- talk about one more thing before we wrap up. Coming again from uh from Jared Dudley's book, and and this is something Harrison put up on uh, on silverscreenroll.com is the issue with China. And and he did touch on it in terms of, okay, and if you don't remember, I'll try and refresh your memory pretty quickly here. Um, the Lakers were were in China for the exhibition games, um, ended up having Daryl Morey tweet out, you know, they stand with the people from uh, from Hong Kong and, and, and you know, that obviously caused a, caused a big stir in China, also here. Um, and, and, you know, Jared Dudley talked about it in the book and there's an excerpt again I'm, I'm reading from, he just basically said, um, he could have waited. And, and LeBron's angle was th- that he could have waited until we were home. And you're, you're, you're welcome to talk about free speech. Um, and, 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 and that's fine. But at the same time, you know, that affected some of the NBA brotherhood that, that were there. What do you agree with that? Because I kind of look at it like if we're going to be about free speech, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. You kind of got to be about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot easier for us to take that stance without having been in China during all of that, like while all of that was going on. I'm like, you're, you're in a, you're in a nation. And I, like the, I, I remember when it was going on, I, I thought that the NBA should bring the Lakers home because it, you're in a fascist country. Like you're, 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 you're in a, a dictatorial government and what they say goes like, just ask Leangelo ball, how, things went in China uh, when he stole that watch, you know, it's, it's, it, it can re- very quickly turn into a scary situation. Now, do I think at any point the Chinese government ever thought of like doing anything to LeBron James? No, like, I, I don't think that was ever going to happen, but I can kind of see, you know, if, if you're just kind of isolated in that situation that like you say like, Hey man, could you just you know, calm it down a little bit? You know? Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, man. <laughs> I, I can, I can understand that. The thing there though, is that like the timeline there is a little off because I, if I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe Maury tweeted that before anybody went, like was actually was had their feet on the ground in China. Like I know it was, it was very quick. Like after that, I, if it, I might, I might actually be misremembering, but uh, I, I, I don't believe they were like, they hadn't played any games yet in China. They're they're the, the uh, exhibition series that they were going to be playing there just like they did every year. Hadn't really tipped off yet. So uh, I, but, but on, on all that said though, like you're saying, you know, if you're going to be an ambassador of the United States of America and free speech comes under fire, 
to a certain extent, you do kind of owe it to your country a little bit to say like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this isn't how we do things in our country. And we're very proud of the fact that like, this is how our country operates. The fact that Jared let deadly can go out there and write a book about all of these things is something it, it's, it's one of our core values as, as a nation and as a culture. And so, you know, it, you, you got to try to find the balance there between staying true to the country that you're there representing and the, and, and the league, by the way, that you're there representing. Right. Yeah. Um, because the NBA is this, it, it, you know, it holds itself up as this very progressive league. And if you're going to hold yourself up as this very progressive league, while one of your biggest partners, uh, corporately speaking, is out there you know, trampling on the freedoms that make your league special by your own by your own standards, then you know you you, you kind of do you can't you can't like pretend that stuff isn't going on. You know, I just I just don't know that asking one team specifically to go out there and 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 you know. I don't think Daryl Morey meant for this to happen at all. Uh, I don't think he, he was, he, he, he sent that tweet off thinking like, all right, cool. The Lakers will handle it from here. You know, I don't think that was something that crossed his mind, but that's essentially what, what wound up happening here. Right. Where, where he sends that tweet and then he goes zero dark 30. Like we didn't hear from him. I don't think we've ever, like, I think he's been asked about it once and he kind of dodged around the question while kind of reinforcing what he said a little bit, but but not nearly as strongly. And so what that leaves is this kind of voice vacuum that had to be filled by somebody. And people expected that to be filled by the Lakers. And very clearly the people, you know, those, those players, LeBron and, and up and down that roster weren't equipped to, to fill that, that, that void and uh, expecting them to be equipped to, to speak on a very, you know, an extremely, I guess, complicated issue is 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 a lot to ask a, a, a bunch of professional athletes. Yeah, you know, my issue with it, and again, I don't think anybody has issue with Maury saying, um, you know, what he did, and and he's entitled to his yeah. rights to free speech. Absolutely, you know, and like you talk about, you know, even with the timing of it all, um, I, I just think with that, it's it's tough to it's tough to, and especially in this day and age, you know, it's tough to say that person shouldn't have said that then it's like, we all have access to social media profiles. You have access to, you know, you can go online and then start a live stream and talk about whatever you want when you feel like it. And I think that with LeBron's thing and, you know, I'm not I'm, you know, going back to the stupid courtside Karen thing. I don't want to get too deep into it, but um, you know, you're not going to control when someone's talking. And, and I don't think Daryl Morey thought, Hey, um, these guys are in, are in China let me, let me walk this back and wait a week until they're done there. I think he was like, I see this, I'm going to respond to it. And that's kind of indicative of, of where our society's at, which is sometimes we don't have all the information. Sometimes we don't think about what we're saying. We just put things up and we respond and, and we react to the first thing that we see that might enrage us on our, on our timeline. And I think this is kind of what you're going to see. And you might end up getting, um, you know, more often than not, as, as times go forward, I don't think that's going to happen per se with, like, you know, between a, a China and the NBA, I just think in, in other, in other, in other um, manners, we've seen that play out several times in, in, in our society where, you know, people react to something they see on Twitter or on Instagram 
and then you get a mob jumping out and saying things. It's it, So I, I just think it's going to be a slippery slope no matter what happens when you're dealing with some sort of sensitive issue on uh, on social media. And that comes with it. We've seen that with the election here. We've seen that with, the, you know, people calling it a hoax, COVID. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things to it. I just think that you got to be able to kind of decipher the, the noise. And LeBron has, has every right to be upset that his he felt like maybe he and his family were in danger. But also, I think it's hard to put a cap on you know, you, you, you got to watch what you say and what timing of it. I just think that that's not the way society is going to uh, let's yeah. wrap up with some basketball talk. Well, can I, can I add one more yeah, thing? Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Cause, cause like, as we saw during that period, we saw a whole bunch of people basically say, well, you know, the NBA is super woke on the black lives matter movement and they and LeBron is, is, is constantly become, you know, getting politically active, calling Donald Trump a bum and all of those things. And, and, and how dare he not, uh, extend that state that that same energy for this other issue halfway across the world. And it, it just, you know, I, what I don't have time for are those disingenuous takes, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're if you're going to say, you know, if you're expecting every single person who takes a stance publicly to have a stance on every single issue across the globe, then you're going <laughs> that's not how the world works. They, nobody has that amount of time while also devoting themselves to their craft the way that LeBron has. Now, you know, like I said earlier, LeBron, you know, pretending like he didn't, you know, he doesn't know about some of the things that that China has done while he's done business with China through Nike for decades now, you know, you, you kind of lose me a little bit. But yeah. this idea, this idea that because LeBron has been politically active or as politically active as he's been, that he therefore needs to go out there and give statements on every wrongdoing throughout the world like that. That's just nobody holds anybody to that standard. And the people who were levying that criticism against him have been looking to, to levy any criticism against a guy who hasn't really opened himself up. For much criticism because of how well he's handled the platform that he has built himself yeah and and, and you're right now that's a tough thing and it's 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 easy for us to sit here and talk about it we're just a couple of guys who talk about basketball on podcasts you know he has a lot of weight on his shoulders too you know what i mean he is the, the face of a league um, he's a sense of hope, I think for, for some African-Americans and, and you look at it at a deeper level like that, uh, you're right. And, you know, I, it just, I just think it's very, uh, and I'll be honest with you. I, I get overwhelmed sometimes not overwhelmed. The fact that I'm getting emotional, I get overwhelmed. This fact, I get sick of it. You know, I'll make sure if I have a yeah. weekend day, I don't even check Twitter. Um, I don't want to check Instagram. I just want to just stay off of it because, uh, as much as I love sports and I, I understand the world is not a just place everywhere. I understand that it just, it becomes too much. And it's, it's, and like I said, people have opinions and you know how the saying goes, opinions are like a-holes. Everybody has one. Um, <laughs> and I think that's what it, it, it comes down to. And you're not going to appease everyone by always saying or doing or standing up for the right thing. Um, it, it's just a slippery slope. I, I think that we all live in right now is that one slip up of the tongue or one stupid decision to, to tweet something out could really backfire and 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 put you in a, in a negative spot the rest of your life let's be real i mean you, it's hard to to um to eliminate mistakes when there's proof of it online and people are screenshotting it and whatever so uh again i mean i, I just think it's 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 a hard thing for lebron to to maybe navigate but again i don't i don't disagree with daryl morey saying it i don't disagree with the timing of it but i wasn't in china stuck in a hotel 
um, with guards around me and, and getting threats that, that we're going to get killed. You know, I, I didn't have to deal with that. So again, I'm coming from, from my own perspective. Um, like I was saying, let, let's wrap up with some, with some basketball talk, mm-hmm. the Lakers back home at, uh, back home at Staples center. They go against Denver on Thursday, the rematch against Detroit on Saturday, which I'm hoping the Lakers will come out and pump them. Cause I think they're going to, uh, back to back against OKC and Memphis. What do you think they finish this homestand at over those? What's your record? Um, not overall, but how do you think they do on the five games? This first game has me a little nervous, uh, not just because that first home game after a long road trip, you mm-hmm. tend to still be dealing with you know, the after effects of a long road trip, especially the road trips that these that these teams are taking right now, where you've had all kinds of voices throughout the league basically step up and say they are miserable. You know, you you go, you play your game. Uh, and then you go back to your hotel room and you can't leave. And you have people who are visiting, you have players who are visiting, you know, hometowns. And I think Kyle Coot, no, I think Taylor Horton Tucker was the one who said the most difficult thing about this road trip was going back to Chicago and not being able to leave the hotel and, and go say hi to his friends and family. Right. And, and, you know, again, everybody is dealing with relative issues that, that uh, we're all, you know, facing or whatever, but, you know, think about it for a seven game road trip. Uh, you're out there for two weeks and it's hard not to feel like, you know, it uh, like a circus brigade, right? That you're just kind of, you go to the next city, they trot you out, you go and you play your game, you bring you back in and then you go to your hotel room, you you hop on a plane and you do the whole thing all, all over again. So you go through those road trips and you come back home and, and I'm sure that the Lakers and every team coming off of a long road trip this year, are still going to be feeling it in that first game. So I think this Denver this Denver game is going to be really tough on that front, but also because some of the matchup stuff, uh, Nikola Jokic is playing like an MVP so far this year, and then Michael Porter Jr. is the exact type of scoring threat that the Lakers have really been struggling with this year, this kind of springy, big, athletic wing. Uh, and, 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 you know, you, you don't want to be the team that Jamal Murray gets his legs under him for. So yeah, this, this first game I'm a little nervous about, but the rest of them, I think there's no reason why the Lakers can't go, you know, four and one or three and two in in this one. And, and, and the big thing, like even more importantly than the wins is starting to see, you know, progress here. Can Dennis Schroeder more consistently be the player that, you know, fits with that starting group? Can uh, Anthony Davis, you know, continue this trend of looking like he's getting his legs underneath him. Can Alex Caruso continue to be one of the league's best role players? Like all of those things, you know, so long as you can continue to see progress there, uh, that's, that's more important to me than whether the Lakers go four and one versus three and two. Yeah. I think you're, you're right on that. You're absolutely right. That they need to really uh, focus on, you know, rounding out. Okay. What's the route to end uh, again. That's one thing I, I loved about Frank Vogel last year was his ability to, to adapt to the opponent. So I, you know, I think they'll, they'll figure out kind of how they're playing with each other and figure out the chemistry. I'm going to bet a six pack on this with you. I'm taking the Lakers go five and oh, do we have a bet? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Deal deal. We're going to bet. So I, I'm taking the Lakers go five and oh, you take four and one. If you either, either of us are wrong, we can still have a six pack to our own anyways. Right. That, that doesn't really matter at the end <laughs> of it. Yeah. That works for me. 
All right, that does it for this episode. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get your fix. Of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. And we'll be back with a new episode, Sabrina and Christian, uh, tomorrow night following a big big game back at Staples Center. Lakers taking on the Nuggets. Uh, don't miss that one. And again, you can check, us, check out our recap episode uh, tomorrow once the game is done. That does it for this one. I'll talk to you all again next week. <laughs>